discovering our shape, how God made us, actually you in particular, as an individual, perfectly for ministry. And when we find like most people in life, uh, you, you hear a lot of people saying to themselves, uh, what am I here for? Right? And we go to read all kinds of books determining what is my purpose in life, what, am I, you know, what is it all about? And uh, you have a purpose. God made you for something. And you know it intrinsically. Most of us do. Unfortunately, a lot of folks never find that. And it's very tragic. And so we're taking these five weeks, and, and here we're week four into it, and we're going to discover how, what were you made for in ministry? How did God design you? And so let's, uh, uh, let's load that up. As we do that, now, of course, we always like to start with a uh, memory verse. So once that comes up, we'll, we'll have our memory verse. And uh, as the memory verse is being loaded, I want you to think about this. God designed you uniquely, right? He didn't make you just for anything. He made you for something. And we're going to talk about one of those ways that he shaped you today is your personality. And the thing is, oftentimes with our personality, we think um, maybe somebody else has a better personality than you. Have you ever wondered, you ever thought that maybe? Right, because we compare. The problem with that is there's twofold. The first one is this: is that we see our own faults more than anybody else does, don't we? Because right, we're with ourselves like 24/7, right? So we see our, like the absolute worst. That's what we were going to see our faults more than anybody else. And also, when we are looking and comparing, typically we judge our worst against what other, we perceive other people's best are. And there's no way we will ever measure up when we do that. So there's a problem in the whole comparison thing, but there's also a problem in this is that God designed you perfectly for what he wants you to do and to be, right? And and he didn't design you with somebody else's personality because he wants you to be who you are. And that's not just something we're throwing out there. There's actually a lot of scripture that talks about that. One of them is Psalm 139.13, which says this, you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And I want you to understand, as we begin to memorize this, think about this, how intimately God knows you. It's not that God just designed you in general, like he designed humanity and then you're just part of humanity, so he designed you. No, you as an individual, God knows, he designed. There's other scripture that says that he even knows the number of hairs on your head, right? He cares for you intimately. He designed you personally, even to like the most inmost being, right? All the things that God knit you together, he put you together with intentionality. And if he was intentional with it, there is a purpose in it. And I want you to have the courage to, to look at who God actually made you to be. Not to compare yourself to who others might be, but to say, if God made me this, where there's a reason in it. And the scripture of God, God's word, can give us the courage it takes to actually take a look at who we are. And that's why we're going to memorize it. Hold on to that truth as we go through this message, right? Hold on to that because your personality is exactly what God wants it to be to do what he's created you to do. And you have to hold on to that. Okay, so let's get to our next thing. Let's talk about we're in our shape series. And so if you're doing it, joining us uh, for maybe the first time or it's good to have a reminder, what is this all about? This was a four-hour class we used to teach at, at, up here at the church called our 301 class because that sounds like a lot of fun to take. And... Uh, and really, what happened in that four-hour class is we would go through all of this stuff of how you were designed for ministry, and it was so much that people just looked like they were run over by a train of, of information. They're like, right? And then, typically, it all stalled out. They're like, I can't do all of this, right? And, and what happens is the information became frustrating, and we don't want that. We want to prepare you for ministry. So we've taken that class, and we've divvied it out over five weeks, and we're going out, we're talking about how shapes you 
And we're shaped in a lot of different ways. God is a brilliant God. One of the things I love about Jesus, you read in the scripture and you see Jesus, he, he, he values the complexity of life at the same time as he reveals its simplicity. Isn't that cool about Jesus? Like how many times does he go through and he just blows through all these man-made rules that we set up, right? We think it's going to be black and white. And he's like, mm-mm-mm. Life's a little more complex than that, right? God has designed things with a little more complexity. At the same time, he simplifies life and puts it in such a way that we can grasp around. He says, you know, love God with everything. Love other people as much as you love yourself, right? He, he begins to help us understand. He says this, this amazing thing. Well, God created us complex. Look at nature, right? You walk outside, like a lot of people, millions of people, I think, yesterday were in Estes. Probably millions yesterday, I'm pretty sure. They came up here to look at nature and the beauty of it. And look at the complexity. Any one of those leaves that falls off one of those trees, right? You look at it and how intricate and designed it is. And we just, how humans, we can't create solar panels as awesome as those, right? Or how trees can get water from the bottom to the top without pumps. How does it happen? I don't know. God, I mean, just the complexity of life is amazing. And yet, it's so beautiful. You can just look at it and just enjoy. And it's so simple and relaxing. God created you with an enormous amount of complexity, with also this beautiful, beautiful simplicity to you. He shaped you. And he shaped us in a lot of different ways, and we want to we appreciate those. And so um, early on, we started with our spiritual gifts. God shaped you. When you came to Christ, he's given you spiritual gifts. These are something brand new that only started after Pentecost. It's amazing that you have these new enhanced abilities. And we took a message and, and talked about that. We gave you some tools to kind of evaluate and discover what those are. Then also last, uh, we talked about our heart a couple weeks ago. That's your passions. God's given you longings, passions, desires of your heart, and he wants you to serve in those. He gave you those passions for a reason, and not everyone's passionate about the same thing. Right? And so we gave you some good teaching and some good tools to discover what are you passionate about so you can serve according to what, what your heart longs for. Also, last week we talked about abilities. What are you able to do? Not everyone is able to do what you are. And some of our abilities come through training and teaching. Some of it comes from just being naturally talented. And a lot of our abilities we just take for granted because we're so good at those things we don't even think about it. And so we gave you some good teaching, some good tools to help you identify what are your abilities, right? And so if you've missed any of those, go to our website, funchurch.com. There's the messages there. There's tools on there that say shape tools. All of those are right there. We also have some paper copies in the back if you're afraid of computers. Um, but, uh, some good te- but today we're going to talk about another way that God shapes us, and that is our personality. And that's the P. So let's go with that. Personality is, is it's a fun thing. Uh, it's all unique, right? Everyone's kind of got their own slant on how to be human, right? And we all have this unique personality. It's not something you choose, right? It's not like you were born and then the doctor says, okay, what kind of personality do you want this kid to have, right? And stamp it or no one asked you, right? It's not like, you, you know, you get to be a young person. You're like, hey, I'd like to have this personality. No, you kind of are who you are. And, and it's amazing that we have these unique ways. We're all different, Right? If you've met, there are some people that are more similar than others, and there's some ways that we try to categorize, and we're going to talk about that later on in the message. And there's some value to that, but ultimately, you have to realize that there is nobody else that is you. And that is good. There's, there's strength in that. There's, God has perfectly honed you to do exactly what He wants you to do, and your personality is a big part of that. And God doesn't waste personality. 
It's not as though you were born, like God is knitting you together in your mother's womb, like he's carefully planning every part of you, and then when he gets ready to go, he just has a big old bin of personalities or whatever, and he just grabs one and just shoves it in, like, oh, that'll work, right? He's conscious about this. God's designed you, and you have the personality you have for a reason, and it changes how we interact with life, doesn't it? It changes our experience. It changes also what we're made to do. And so he's given you a unique personality. And, and so part of discovering a personality is discovering God's will for you. And think of a fear in the Christian world, oftentimes, of having this introspective time to look at who we are. And the reason for it is this, is that sometimes we see our culture as very self-centered. There is like the, our culture has a different ethic than a Christian culture, if you've noticed. And if they have like a, their greatest commandment in our culture is this, love yourself. That seems to be like the number one commandment, right? Take care of yourself, love yourself, make sure you're happy first above all else. And if everybody else, you know, is, is sad and you're happy, well, then at least you win, right? That seems to be like the, the culture. And we see that. But the problem is um, our fear of buying into that culture sometimes allows us to just go too far the other way. God did design you. This is not about just getting self-love or becoming prideful. Taking some time to discover who you are, however, is discovering how God made you it's with, with some humility. It's saying to God, okay, you shaped me in this way. I want to discover what you want to do in my life. And so take some time to look at how he made you will help you understand what he wants to do in your life. For example, in my garage, there is a hammer on the wall. Any guess to what the maker of that hammer wants it to do? Not much, right? You see its shape. You know exactly what it's for. Sometimes if we don't understand how God shaped us, we can't see his will for us in our life, what he designed us to be. And so taking this time that we're doing, is not, I'm not telling you to start just loving yourself and to be selfish and all this kind of things. You, I'm saying, let's take some time out of humility and say, God, how did you make me? What did you shape me to do? And I'm connecting with his will. And when I connect with his will, then we'll understand what he made you to do. And then you're connecting with your purpose in life. When we connect with our purpose in life, then there's fulfillment, right? It's a great thing. So that's what we'll be doing. All right, let's go to our next thing. It's like personality. Let's talk about what is personality since we're going to be talking about it. It's this. It's a combination of the characteristics and qualities that make up your character. And uh, uh, that's a, it's a mouthful as far as the definition. And you would say, Aaron, that's a lousy definition because you have the word characteristics defining character, right? There's a difference. Let me explain. Characteristics actually comes from a Greek word that means a stamping tool, okay? And, and it's the idea of um, if you were like stamping out a knife blade, boom, you'd stamp it out and it would be a knife, right? That's its character. That's what it's going to be. Or if you're going to make like a, uh, say like a plate, you get a round one, boom, you'd stamp it out and it'd be a plate, right? And that you could tell that's its character. Now, a, uh, if it was uh, if it was stamped out and there was like a lot of flaws in it, it would have bad character. And if it was stamped out and it was, you know, not flawed, it was good, it would be good character, right? But regardless, it had its perfect shape. And so you would never use a knife as a plate, would you? You can't. It's the wrong shape. You're not going to use a plate as a knife. You could try, but it's not going to work so well, right? God stamped you a certain way. He didn't ask you. He made you, Right? And he made you for a purpose, and you have been stamped, you've been shaped a particular way. That is what we're talking about characteristics. How have you been designed? Okay? Now, the next word is qualities. Qualities are the strengths, your weaknesses, uh, and your tendencies. 
Now notice they're all, all three of those are part of like the, the quality of that stamp, right? How did he, he make you? Okay, you might be a knife. Some of us are a butter knife. Other ones are like daggers, right? I've, I know people like this. That's a joke. <laughs> there, but there are things that you're going to be good in. That's great. And there are going to be things, areas where you're weak. In fact, the scripture says that there are some areas that people are strong in faith and others that they are weak in faith. And you know, it doesn't say that one is better than the other. It is actually possible to be too good at something to fulfill God's will for your life in the thing. That's pretty fascinating, right? Uh, think of like a key, right? A key has parts where it's, it goes up and has parts where it goes down. Like it's, it's strong in metal and parts where it's weak in metal, right? Well, if a key was just solid all the way across, it would be a lousy key, wouldn't it? It, it, it wouldn't fit anything. And there are areas in your life that God has designed you to be strong and to have, be, have certain strengths in certain areas. And there are certain areas he wants you to be weak in. And that's hard for us to wrap our minds around, but it's absolutely true. If we were strong in all things, we would need each other? No. In fact, would anybody ever think that they needed God? No. <laughs> and yeah, we do. We have to be strong and weak. There are certain things you're going to be good at, certain things you're not going to be good at. It's best for us to be honest and, and to accept that and embrace it, actually. It's even those areas that we're weak that help make us who we are and design us perfectly for what we're supposed to do. So, so that's the qualities aspect. You have characteristics, how you're stamped. You have the qualities, what you're good at, what you're not so good at. And those are going to come together. That's going to make your character, and that's what your personality is. Right? All right. So let's go on then. How do we discover a personality? Uh, oh, next one. Personality matters. I've got to get to this. Personality does matter. A lot of people think that if I'm a mature enough Christian, my personality shouldn't matter. I should be able to serve in any area, and it won't bother me if I'm mature enough, then, then I can just serve in anything because I'm a really dedicated follower of Christ. It doesn't work like that. I remember Amy and I, were, we were at uh, um, Bible college, and we went to this little church, that was, and, and they asked me to, to, um, to be uh, in charge of some very detail-oriented things. Not so much me, right? And, and I thought, I'm a, I'm a tour Christian. I'm in Bible college. I'm going to do these detail-oriented, behind-the-scenes, don't-get-to-see-anybody kind of things because they didn't have any other place for us to serve. And so I'm trying to, like, proofread and do stuff like that, and it was miserable, <laughs> right? It was miserable, right? And it didn't last long, did it? No, it didn't last very long at all in that. Here's the thing is, Oftentimes, as Christians, we think if I'm mature enough and there's a need in the church, I'm going to serve in that need because you have a heart for God, you have a heart for Christ, and so you go and you fill that, which is a great thing. And as a pastor, I'm so grateful for the willingness of that kind of heart. But if it doesn't match your personality, you're going to get exhausted. I want you to do something for me. I take that uh, your bulletin out, and if you don't have one, there's like a sheet of paper or a green thing in the front of you in the pocket, and there's a pen there. And I want to take your your off hand, not not if you're right with your right hand, take the pen and put it in your left hand, and if you're right with your left hand, put it in your right hand. Now you have that paper there. I want you to write your name. Say I am, and then write your name with your wrong hand. Yeah, it's, it's super easy, isn't it? See how long this is taking? It's awkward. So you guys did it. 
Some of you are still working on it, which lets us know how incredibly efficient this is. You see, you, you can do it, yeah, but it's uncomfortable, isn't it? And not only is it uncomfortable, but it takes extra time and extra effort, right? You're putting a whole lot more effort. You sign your name, I don't know how many times a day. It's easy, just, just write that. But if you've got to write with the wrong hand, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's uncomfortable. It takes extra time. It takes extra effort. And you still did a lousy job, right? It's not so different for us in, in, in ministry, if you're serving outside of your personality, yeah, you can do the job, but it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to feel that tension. It's just an ugh, right? And it's going to take extra time and extra effort. It's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be like running through mud, right? And at the end of the day, you're still going to do a lousy job. And because of that, so many people, when they, they come to Christ and they're young believers and say, I'm, I just want to serve and they find a need and they just get plugged in and they do something that's outside their personality, they get into it and it's hard and it's frustrating and and they don't feel like they did a good job and they get discouraged and they think something horrible. They think this, God didn't make me for ministry. They get discouraged. I'm not good enough for God. I can't serve in the church or whatever. I'm just going to be passive. I'll just support from the sidelines. But that's not what God made you for. The problem wasn't so much that you wrote your name, it's that you wrote your name with the wrong hand. We want to help you serve in the area where God designed you to serve. And as a pastor, my job as a shepherd to equip and prepare you to do that, it's really hard for me to help you connect and for the right ministry if I don't really know how God made you. And so it's important that we say our personality matters. How he made me is going to change the ministry that I might be. Let me give you an example. If everything else is the same but you have a different personality, it's going to shift the ministry that you have. For example, if you have a spiritual gift, let's just say you have the, the gift of hospitality, right? And let's say that you have... Uh, a heart for community. You love to see people come together. You're passionate about that, right? And let's just say you have the ability, you know, to, to put a meal together. Like, you're just good at that. You can get a nice menu, whatever, and you can put all that together. You just have this strong ability to do that, maybe cooking or whatever. You have that ability. You, you have that. But let's say there are two people that have both of those things, but one is a shy introvert, and the other one is an outgoing extrovert, it's going to change how they express those gifts, doesn't it? I mean, the extrovert will probably do a great job maybe running or starting a ministry where you're getting people together and maybe getting meals or whatever to help community connect, right? Might, they would love that. But I tell you what, if, if to put a, a, that shy introvert in, in charge of that type of ministry, they would crush them. They would hate it. They would be like, ah, oh, right? That shy introvert, however, may do awesome in the kitchen putting that meal together. Right? Where if you just put that extrovert in the kitchen while everybody else is out there enjoying it, it would kill them. Your personality changes your ministry. And this is important, so we have to find how did God make you. That's why, that's why we're doing it. Your, your personality matters. Okay, so let's talk about how we find our ministry or our personality. First thing you have to do, let's do this, is you pray. You, you talk to God about it. So let's push that button again because uh, bring it up. There we go. Ask God. Ask God for help. Why? Did God make you intimately, right? He, he knows you. He made your inmost being. He knit you together in your mother's womb like he knows you like from the very beginning of time. He has an idea of who you are. Chances are God might even know you better than you know you. Right? Isn't that true? Doesn't the scripture even talk about how our heart can be deceptive? But God's not fooled. He sees us as we are. And he still loves you, right? So we're not afraid to talk to him about it. And he made you. 
And here's a cool thing. God is not far off. He's not like some distant place, like you've got to send like prayer mail, right? You've got to package it up and then send it out to heaven and wait for a long time for a reply or anything like that. The Holy Spirit is in you. This is after Pentecost, right? This is something that we get to enjoy that believers before the resurrection didn't even get, right? This is so cool. God's just not even around us. He is in you, right? He is sharing that dwelling space with you. He is there. Talk to him. Say, God, can you show me my personality? How did you make me? What am I made for? That's a prayer of humility. That's that's a prayer of of submission to God and his will. Do you think he's going to answer that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, God answers prayers like this. It's a wonderful prayer. Talk to him. God is real. And if he took the time to make you intimately, knit you together in your mother, do you think that he also has a plan for for this purpose that he built into your life? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk to him about it. The second thing that we're going to do uh, after we talk to God is consider there are characteristics and qualities. Notice I say second. Don't skip talking to God, right? It's so important that we connect with He's real. Second thing, after we do that is consider our characteristics and qualities. Think about yourself. How are, are you a type of person that, that like, when you wake up in the morning, like the first thing you do is you make a task list, like a to-do list. You're like, I'm going to make a to-do list. And you make the to-do list more part of your to-do list so you can check it off once it's done so you can start the day with like, I've already rolling and throughout the day it's a good day if all those boxes are checked. I mean, is that you? Or you might be like a task-oriented person. That's how God designed you to be. It's wonderful. We love task-oriented people because because of them, things happen, right? Or are you more like a person that gets up and you might make a task list but then like the first person you meet, that's out the window, right? You're going to see them and at the end of the day, it's a good day if you connected with people, and you helped them grow, and you felt like you connected. It was a bad day if you got all the stuff done, but you didn't feel like you ever connected. You probably are a people-oriented person. Think about who you are, right? Both are good. Or how about this? Are you shy? Like, do people scare you because they're weird, right? You would prefer to just have a limited number of friends so you limit your exposure and it's hard to meet new folks. Or are you, like, really outgoing? Like, if you see a group of people, you want to get to know them? You're driven. That's different kind of personalities, right? Get to know yourself. How about this? Are you extroverted? It is different than outgoing, by the way. And this means this. Do you get energy by being around people? Like you come back from church and you're like, oh man, that was great. Around the body of faith and I'm feeling energized, right? I'm ready to go. Do being around people, does it energize you or does it exhaust you? Because then you might be more introverted. Like if you come back from church and you're like, that was great, but oh man, I need a rest. Where's my nap, Right? That's a different kind of person when you know how you, how you are. Now, you might be an outgoing introvert, right? That's like my wife, and that's a tough place to be, right? Because she loves to be with people, and yet at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I'm exhausted. And, and yet, she's brought great balance into our family because of this, right? At the same time, she's able to help us connect with people. How cool is that? Or you might be a, you might be a shy extrovert. Now, that would be a tough one because you... Love to, you need to be around people, but you just can't stand them. That's, <laughs> I think that's, that's a good funny one that God might do. But you might be there. Understand who you are because God designed you that way, right? And so, I bet you can't guess who I am, right? <laughs> Got to know who you are. And as we know who we are, I would look at those things. Look at those things that you're good at and the things that you're not so good at, right? Where, where are the things? I, do you love details? Or do you love the big picture? It's another way of looking at yourself. What are you good at? What do you enjoy? What do you, you know, consider your qualities. Consider your characteristics. How are you stamped, right? That's going to be a helpful thing. Now, th- in doing that, 
It's going to help if you have somebody else who also knows you. Ask them. Because there's a good chance that there are things that you think are true about yourself that may not be quite as true. Right? So, <laughs> I know, it's shocking, and yet go and talk to somebody else. Have, have them help you see the areas that you might not. Now, there's a tool that we have to help you also consider your personality, and that's this. That's our next one is to take a personality test. Now, Zach is an incredible researcher, and he scoured the web and found a really good free personality test that is actually good. Um, and it's called 16 Personalities. It's been used uh, by lots of big corporations and things like this. It's a pretty neat thing. It basically uses the Myers-Briggs, if you're familiar with that, personality types, and it breaks up into groups. Now, you are not just, like I said, every person, every human has their own personality, but there are some areas where we kind of find some similarities. And this test kind of helps you see those similarities and groups them together in such a way it helps us to kind of tie around. So I'll show you a picture of what it looks like if you get to there. There's the 16 personalities that they group you into. And uh, you'll notice that they have four different colors or different, four different roles where they see in society. So you have like analysts that are really good with putting together information and all that kind of stuff. Diplomats were really good working with, with people, right? You have your, your sentients, which are good at working with tasks, right? Getting things done. You, you have your explorers that are really good at just experiencing life, actually doing things, right? They're the doers. And then in there, the other four ways are just different ways that you operate in those and those different uh, roles. Now, I took mine. I'll show you uh, this. I, I took mine, and I'm the protagonist. I like it because I have a sword. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty sweet, right? But when I took this, one of the reasons I like this test is it does a couple things. One is it, uh, it shows you kind of percentage where you fall in the scale. It's 150 questions, and it was kind of scary how accurate it was. Amy took it as well. Zach took like Like, this is kind of crazy how close it was, kind of nailing kind of our things. But for me, there was one area in which I was like a 48 and a 52%, right? So I was really close to the edge on that. And so the part that I would be close to the edge is the one above me, that commander one. So I'm like protagonist and also kind of like commander. Now for me, just personally, there's nothing wrong with being a commander. If that's your personality type, it's an awesome personality type. It's like, we're going to get things done. And if we have got to plow the way to get it done, let's get it done. That's like the Apostle Paul, right? Like, we're going to do it. Now, for me personally, when I am operating out of weakness or frustration is when I go into commander mode, right? But it was important for me to see that. So when I got my results, I kind of looked and where am I close to the line? And then I also read the ones that were around me so I could kind of see different portions of my personality. Now, I think there's some benefit to that commander part. I haven't found them yet, but I know that there are, okay, for me. But that's kind of where I am. That, and so... Um, Go find yourself uh, in that and, and read it. Then give that, print it out if you can, or give your computer screen to somebody, and let them look at it and say, is this true? What do you see in this is true and what's not? Because it's not going to be 100% perfect, so find the things in there that actually match you, right? And then you'll notice on your uh, bulletin, every week we have these notes for you, and I have these notes for you because I want you to um, continue to keep these things together because next week we have a tool that allow you to put all this together, Right? And so that way you kind of get a holistic picture of how you're made, and then we can talk about then helping you connect with the right kind of ministry. So, so you don't have to go through and wonder, what did I study a couple weeks ago? Who I, we gave you place here, and so it says my personality type. There's four lines. That's four. Um, there's like ENTJ or ISP something. Um, I'm not a detail person. They, you can write those four letters down right there. That'll help you out. And then you can write like on this bottom line here, I would say, um, protagonist. That was me. Th- what this will do is it will help you as we next week as we complete this uh, this thing. So um, there you go. All right. 
So let's bring this, let's wrap this, this message up. You'll say, Aaron, this is like the first and only message that I have ever heard you preach in which you have not like opened up the Bible and like really, like, and I know it's bothering me. It really bothered me. Like I hardly slept Wednesday night because that's just so not in me. However, here's why. I don't believe in proof texting. I could have taken a couple of Bible verses out and then said, hey, this is, proves my point, right? But in context, I really think that God talking about he built us in personality is not something we find in just like a particular passage. It's something that we see in the, in the whole picture of Scripture, right? And because of that, I need you guys to actually read a, a larger swath of Scripture, and I want you to f- see the truth of how God designed in, in personality, how he uses personality into that. So here's what we're going to do this week. The first thing I'm going to challenge you to do is memorize Psalm 139.13. Right? There is a truth in there that is echoed all the way through lots of other places in Scripture that God did design you. He did knit you together. We have to have God's truth to help us to have the courage to see ourselves as we really are so that we can see what he really made us for. Right? So I encourage you, challenge you, memorize that. If you do, there is also a memory verse card that's not on the floor, but yours is inside of your bulletin, so you can pick that up and put it in your pocket or your wallet, and it'll help you memorize this. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is here's your Scripture this week. I'm going to challenge you to read the Gospel of Mark, and here's why. We've got four Gospels, and they all tell the same story, right? They all see Jesus, and, but they're told how God uses the Holy Spirit, right? He, when he inspires people, God is so brilliant as he prepares the person, and he writes through their personality and through their experience and who they are, right? And so we get a different uh, slant on the, the Gospel. It's the exact same story. But it's told in, in just a, a powerful and unique way. Now, the Gospel of Mark was written by this guy, Mark, right, John Mark, and he was a, a disciple of, of the Apostle Paul, um, Peter. And Peter had uh, some personality, right? And, and we see that in this shortest of the Gospels, you can tell Mark's personality. He's a, he's a go-doer, isn't he? Like instantly, it's like Jesus is always like immediately going and doing this and he does this and then immediately he goes and does something else, right? And the gospel of Mark brings this pace to the gospel which has encouraged the, faith, the, the faithful throughout the last 2,000 years to actually get up and do something in following Jesus. It shows us that our faith is not a passive thing but an active thing. God uses the personality of Mark in a very powerful way in penning the gospel of Mark and I would like you to see that, what it looks like, God using personality, Right? And what it looks like when the same gospel is at work can look a little different based upon personality. It can be very, very powerful. The second thing I want you to see as you read the gospel of Mark is this. Jesus called together a lot of people to follow him who were very, very different. Right? You think about Matthew, the tax collector. Uh, kind of a different guy than John the fisherman. Right? I mean, just very, very different. Or, or look at, uh, you, you have uh, Thomas, Right? who's, everyone say a skeptic. No, I think he's a guy, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a rational guy. And how God brings him into the picture. And then you have Peter, who is like really just an emotional kind of guy, right? Who's like, I'm going out and do things. God brings, Jesus brings into to the disciples a whole bunch of different people with a lot of different kind of personalities and he uses each of them to build, to start the church. And you look at how powerful it was. I want you to see how Jesus brings together people of different personality types. Right, how he uses different kinds of people and draws out the best of them. He doesn't change their personality. He makes it. He magnifies it in a great way. And the reason I want you to see that is because I want, to see, I want you to see yourself in Christ's ministry. Because I think a lot of times we think, well, Jesus didn't call me, but nothing can be further from the truth. 
says very clearly in Scripture that you have been called. He calls you his sons and daughters, doesn't he? He calls you his ambassadors. Scripture says that, that you are his holy priesthood. It says that you are his missionaries. You are his disciples and disciple makers. You have been called. And it's the same Jesus who called each of those disciples who has called you and equipped you and prepared you and knit you together perfectly and, prepared and, and designed you perfectly for the ministry he has in you. Not for the ministry of somebody else, but for his ministry in you. So I encourage you this week, commit to reading the Gospel of Mark. Uh, have God's word do its work in your heart. Good things. As we do that, I also would encourage you this. Discover your personality. This is for all you procrastinators out there that are like me. Right? Uh, don't be like the people who took my class, 301 class. At the end of it, you know, had this, this railroad experience like, oh no, too much work. Right? If you just do one of these every week, it's not hard, is it? So this week, just take a couple of hours and evaluate. How to ask, talk to God. Who did you make me? Right? Spend some time with the word and, and then... Uh, ask other people, evaluate yourself, take the test, right? Discover your personality and focus on that and, and, and this week. Why? Because next week we're going to put all of this together as we talk about experience as well and then to help see how God shaped you for ministry. So that way, this October when we begin our, our study through Ephesians, building a community of grace, you'll see how you fit into that community, right? So that's what I challenge you to do. Also, I would challenge you to this. Let's start praying for your ministry, Right? God made you for something. It's purposeful, right? It says that you're part of his body, right? So, uh, we, like, when you go hiking, you never find, like, a spleen just laying out in the field, do you? Because if you did, you'd be like, something bad happened, right? This is awkward. This is not normal. You just don't see that. Spleens are made in the body for the body, aren't they? And I'm not a doctor nurse, so I don't know what they do, but they do something. <laughs> and you were designed for something, too. You were made to be part of the body of Christ, and so understand what part that is and what part you play. You need to know who you are. But you also, I think, we need to be praying to God, God, you made me for something. You made me part of this body. Help me connect with what it is. So ask, start asking God for that this week. I'm going to challenge you to do that. Maybe there's another uh, commitment that you need to make. Write that down. I'll be praying for you this week. If there's another commitment that you have um, to make or you need to talk with me, make sure you let me know that. If you do, give me your contact information so I can contact you. Also, if you have a prayer request, I do pray for each of you every week, um, and it helps me to know what to pray for. And so if there's a way that I can be praying for you, engaging uh, God into your life, let me know. Write that down right now. And then in a few minutes, we're going to take our offering. We're going to take our offering as you put your tithes and your gifts in the basket. Take this connection card and put it in the basket as well. And uh, that will be a great thing. So as we do that, um, prepare for that. Let's, let's pray for our commitments, and let's pray for our offering. Would you join me in that, please? Father, thank you for making us. Uh, it, would have been, uh, it would have been interesting to see, Father, uh, what this world would have been like if you made us without personality. If you made us all the same, Father, if you didn't give us our uniqueness, if you didn't stamp and give us our character. Lord, it would uh, it'd be a weird world, but I'm grateful that you made us the way that you did. I'm grateful that that you designed us with purpose, that even from the way that we go through life and, and experience life, the, the different character and characteristics that we have, our different qualities, Father, all shape us and make us perfectly for your will. And we can, we can discover what we're made for by seeing how you shaped us, Father. It is, uh, it's complex and yet it's beautifully simple. 
So, Father, I pray as a church you'd help us to be faithful. Discover who you made us to be so we can serve you faithfully. Lord, I pray this week as we keep these commitments that we've made this morning that they wouldn't be a burden. But, Father, I pray that you would bring great joy in our faithfulness as we discover who you made us to be and as a church how we'd fit together and how you've designed us to carry your kingdom into this community that needs it so badly. Let us be a light to this community, Father. Let us love our neighbors. Let us love our co-workers and our family members and those that we live around who don't know you. Let us be a light of Christ to them in truth. Father, I pray that uh, this church, as we come together, that your gospel will be proclaimed to every corner, every nook and cranny of this valley. Lord, that those who are hopeless can find hope and those who are in despair can see your purpose. And Father, through those who are wounded can find healing. And God, that you can dispel the darkness with your beautiful and wonderful light. That where there is death, there will be life. And where there is pain, there will be healing. God, may you have your way in us and in this community. Let us be faithful. So take these commitments, Father, and use them, we ask. And Father, we also pray that you take our tithes and our offerings. May they be just a a sign of our gratitude to you, our dependency upon you, Father, and also, Lord, our trust in you to do what you claim that you will do, and that is to take our gifts and to take our lives and to turn them into something beautiful and wonderful and purposeful. Father, I pray for these gifts and these offerings. Lord, help us to be as a church to, to be wise in how we spend them. Father, may they be investment in your kingdom. May we invest your resources and your priorities for your glory. Lord, we ask all of this in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.